Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Movies and Brews. I'm your host, Jordan, and with me, as always, is my excellent co-host, Daniel. Hello, hello. So today, we're going to be talking about the new Damien Chazelle film, First Man, starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. So sit back, relax, grab a beer, and let's talk some movies. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, hello. All right. Welcome, everyone. Well, yeah, today we'll be talking about First Man. Before we get into our film, though, we're going to talk about some uh, movie news out there. Daniel, take it away. Well, all right. This week, i uh, got a couple things for movie news. Uh, the first thing is Flash, the movie in the DCEU, has been delayed yet again. And it looks like it uh, won't be coming out till 2020 now. Oh, man. And I was so looking forward to that one. Yeah. No. Nobody's looking forward to that. The only thing that I think they could be able to do, like, do with the Flash movies, restart their DC movies with the Flashpoint movie. But I don't think they're smart enough to do that. And I don't think they're talented enough to pull it off. So they really just need to can this movie. It's gone through, like... I don't know, several directors, people keep passing it through. Nobody wants this project anymore. Right, well, this is kind of like Fox that keeps saying the Gambit movie is alive still. I'm like, really? Yeah, it's, uh, the Gambit movie seems to be dead, too, but Channing Tatum's still attached. I feel like they just... I mean, I feel like with Dark Phoenix, it all needs to end, and then we just start over. And same with you, Warner Brothers, and your DC universe. Like, that just needs to just... Everything needs to come to a halt. Maybe not the uh, Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. Hopefully that'll be good. I trust Joaquin, at least, that he picked a good script. So that's the only hope I have for that movie. But yeah, like it's time to just start the universe over from scratch. You just have messed up a little too much, and it's just time to hit that little reset button. All right, what else we got today? Um, the other thing, or a couple other things that we have is there's an Amy Winehouse biopic... Uh, in the works right now. Very nice. Yeah, uh, I, I'd see that. I st- actually, you know, I say that like I'm a fan. I don't really know too much of her music, but you know, I still see she. You know, she had a very tragic life. Um, I mean, but yeah, I'd probably still see that. I still have yet to see the Amy Winehouse documentary. I think it's on Netflix or Hulu. It's on one of the streaming services. I need to sit down and watch that. I hear it's really well made. Yeah, so do I. Like, I'm in the same boat. I know she was a big deal. I never really listened to her. But I know that she's still prevalent in pop culture even after her death. And yeah, I think I have that Amy uh, documentary on my Netflix queue right now that I just haven't been able to get around to yet. But, you know, biopics are always good, especially with musicians. They always seem to, like, live pretty interesting lives. So, yeah, it'll it'll be exciting to see what they do with that. And, you know, I would like to go just to check out, kind of, like, learn more about her. First things first, though, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, that, that I hopefully will be good. I've heard some mixed things on that. but It's taken a lot to get this thing to the screen, but I hope it's all worth it. Because the trailer looks amazing and i'm really looking forward to this one absolutely and uh the last little bit of movie news i have is that 
in light of Venom exceeding expectation wildly, and I don't think... I mean, I definitely didn't see it doing this well, but since it's passed, like, at least domestically, over $80 million, um, Sony has now kind of been moving forward with other uh, standalone anti-hero movies, I guess, because they're moving forward with a Morbius the Living Vampire movie, which I hadn't heard about until a couple days ago, but I guess Jared Leto is set to star as Morbius. Really? Yeah, and you know what? I actually think that's not a bad idea. I just don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be a, a vampire movie, and... I don't know. It's yeah. just I don't know how I feel about that. I remember really liking Morbius in like the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, well, that's with an ensemble he, he, he cast. Was, he was good in that though. But yeah, with that, so this would be another one without Spider-Man, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. See, I like the idea of Jared Leto. Wait, Jared Leto, right? Yeah, Jared Leto. I like the idea of him playing Morbius, but a standalone though. I just without Spider-Man, I don't know. I know, and the hard thing is. I th- it would be an awesome way to introduce a new Blade into the MCU, but then this isn't part of the MCU. And at this point, I don't know who owns the rights to Blade. I don't know if it's Fox. I don't know if it's Marvel or if uh, Sony yeah. owns that too. Yeah, because wasn't Blade was the Blade movies were New Line Cinema, so I'm not sure who owns the rights now. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, is that what Sony's going to do? Or are they just going to start? I mean, is Doc Ock movie solo movie next? <laughs> Well, I hope not, because he does really well with Spider-Man. Yeah, they all do. This is what, I don't know, Sony? Uh, just get the rights back to Marvel, please. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Venom yet, but I, just, I, I like seeing these superhero movies in, you know, like with ensembles and like different supporting characters, especially with Spider-Man, because, I mean, they start out as like enemies, like kind of just misunderstanding each other and then they become like on the same side so it's it's really cool when he's with other hero characters but you know we'll see what they can do with that and uh hopefully they can make a cool movie out of it all right is that it today yeah that's all i got for this week any cool trailers I haven't seen any this week. I'll tell, tell you one trailer I saw in the theater the other day that looks really interesting. I saw this in front of First Man. There's this movie called Widows. Oh, yeah, yeah. That looks like it could be very, very interesting. It could either be a complete dud or it could be just amazing. It's looking more on the amazing side. I personally think it looks better than uh, Ocean's 8 by far. Like, I mean, this just... It looks just dark and gritty and good. Like, yeah, I know, and uh, it has the same actress from uh, Bad Times at the El Royale too, mm-hmm. but she looks completely different in this one. Yeah, she does. She really does. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, Widows. That looks really interesting, and I'll be looking forward to that one. Yep. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's movie. First Man here, starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy, directed by Damien Chazelle, written by Josh Singer. Based off the book by James R. Hansen. All right, Daniel, why don't we start with you? Just give us your overall thoughts of the movie. Were you excited about it? Did it meet your expectations? Ready? Go. I was pretty excited going in. I mean, huge fan of Ryan Gosling. And, I mean, like, I don't know if I can qualify as a fan of Damien Chazelle's. I've only seen La La Land, which I really enjoyed. And I've seen that movie multiple times. But I haven't seen Whiplash or it's good stuff yeah i haven't seen that but you know i i really liked what he does behind the camera and this is no exception like it was incredible to watch 
and I was just uh I was kind of blown away by the cinematography especially like the shots that they have in orbit you know they're when they're actually on the moon it's oh spoiler alert <laughs> but it uh I don't know it's just it looked the whole movie looks incredible and it looks like kind of sometimes it looks a little grainy like it was actually shot with a camera from the 60s which I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that was really cool. I noticed that myself. Uh, yeah, so my overall thoughts, um, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. I had seen the trailer, you know, a few months ago, and I was I got pretty excited about it. I've been excited, looking forward to this movie for a couple of years now. Like, when La La Land was coming out, they had announced that Damien Chazelle was going to do a... Neil Armstrong biopic, so I got pretty excited. You know, he said he was he, he said he wanted Ryan Gosling for it too. So I got pretty excited about that because, you know, I've seen his other two flicks, Whiplash, La La Land, both great. Um, he has this just really good style to his movies that I love, and he's really good at working with his actors too and pulling good performances out of them. So I was yeah, I mean, when you Damon Chazelle and Ryan Gosling together in a movie, I was like done sold let's can't wait to see it so yeah walking in that's pretty good expectation for it and i would say overall they were met oh absolutely it didn't, didn't quite wasn't quite i guess um i didn't see the things i thought i was gonna see like it was it was totally different than, than my expectations it, it didn't like it didn't um what i want to say it didn't like fall short of my expectations but it met them differently i guess if that makes sense yeah no same because uh you know you you're going into a neil armstrong Biopic, but they do emphasize a lot of like the team that went into the NASA program and the astronauts and pilots that he was working with leading up to uh, landing on the moon. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, some of the things that stuck out for me was just like the cinematography. I think that stuck out a lot. Um, just certain shots that Damien chose to go with, uh, like when they're up in the uh, the Gemini, when that thing's out of control, spinning. Yeah. And it's mainly shot from his point of view inside the pod, just twirling. I mean, what did they say? It was like 10 rotations a second or something crazy like that. Yeah. And, oh man, yeah, that was crazy too. And I think that was kind of cool. I think it was on purpose that, I mean, it shows like it's spinning around in circles and they're like, you hear over the comms and just like, if they don't correct this, like they're both going to pass out in 40 seconds. And as it's spinning, you know, and they're just like feeling all of like the pressure. And as you're watching it, you're actually getting nauseous just because you're just sh- watching this pod just spin around in circles and circles. And I think that was part of the effect, just to feel like a minuscule amount of what they were going through. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd say it worked too. I don't usually get motion sickness, but dang, I was like starting to feel like, whoa, okay. I need to maybe close my eyes for a second here. <laughs> this is getting pretty intense. Yeah. But, man, I, I love the way the movie started out. So the movie kicks off in 1961, and so he's piling, what, they, what do they call those? X, uh, gosh, you're on a blank to what they call those um, pods. Yeah, he was just uh, flying, like, a NASA experimental jet is what it seemed like, and he uh, broke the atmosphere in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, just so the movie opens up, he's just breaking out of the atmosphere. He, you know, all of a sudden he's looking around him, no gravity, like pen is floating in the air, and, you know, he's just reporting back to NASA what he's seeing. And, I mean, this is just, like, we got to realize, too, I mean, this is just, like, the beginning of this kind of stuff of people, like, breaking the atmosphere and 
things like that and just like they just they don't know what they're doing they're they're just learning as they go and it's just it's just crazy because then you see him kind of get stuck up there for a little bit then he comes back down i mean he ends up landing in a desert yeah which is was just crazy but yeah it was kind of a cool way to kind of open the movie up then they kind of show his home life a little bit uh yeah because what happens his daughter is homesick uh yeah his it starts yeah like right after that scene i think it goes into his daughter is in the hospital having uh radiation therapy because she has a tumor yeah which one they showed that machine she was hooked up to i was like what in the heck i look like something out of a bond villain it looks like a giant crystal yeah something like a bond villain would have it was pretty nuts but yeah that that, see that's one thing about this movie is i you know, like in some ways, I'm like, man, did I know that? Did I, I thought I knew who Neil Armstrong was and things about him, but maybe I didn't. No, you. I've never really heard about his wife, his family, or anything. It's mostly just Neil. That's yeah, it. Just Neil himself. But yeah, I, I obviously knew he had a family, but like I had no idea he lost a daughter at an early age. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, yeah, I didn't know. Have any idea how many kids he had? He ended up having another boy, so he had two boys, at least according to the movie, two boys yeah. around. But yeah, that's just I learned so much I learned throughout the movie and like, you know, like you just learned a lot of history in general. Like you get a good because it it covers the span of eight years, so you kind of learn a lot of just things that NASA struggled with, just to achieve what they achieved. Yeah, all the failures along the way to get there, and it's just I don't know, it's just incredible to me watching it all unfold. No, it was really it was incredible to me too. I mean. One of the things going into him, like, I know that they land on the moon, and I know that Neil Armstrong was the first man, but you don't really, I, I've never really acknowledged or thought about the sacrifices that him and the people at NASA made and went through to get to the point where they could send a man to the moon. Like, it's just something that I don't think most people think about, especially uh, my generation. I'm 24 years old, so... Since, ever since I've been born, she's like, oh, yeah, we, we go to the moon. We go to space. Yeah, that's just something that we do. And I, as I'm watching this movie, I just kind of, like, get more blown away and more into the mindset of just, like, watching this period piece and just thinking to myself, like, how bizarre, how hard would it be to wrap your head around this in, like, the 60s where, like, this just would probably seem like a fever dream like there's no way we could possibly do this and yeah that kind of bounce off what you were saying as far as the sacrifices go one one thing i had no idea at least i don't remember i probably you know i probably read in history class back in junior high but just don't remember now was um the electrical fire slash implosion and was it apollo one with the three with the three yeah. astronauts losing their lives like holy cow i mean that sequence was like whoa yeah i know that was really intense could just because, I mean, it's sad because uh, the astronaut Ed in the movie and obviously in history, uh, you know, they're just like, he's friends with Neil. And their wives are friends. Yeah, their wives are friends. Like, they're just got that, I don't know, they just have a nice, like, friendship. And it's just uh, kind of, it's really sad because, I mean, this is like this, this second death in the movie that like is kind of hitting uh hitting them hard let's talk more about just like the overall structure of the movie um i thought you know they cover over eight years i thought damien did a pretty good job of telling specific stories like they kind of want what stories they want to tell in the period of this time that got us to the moon and i think they picked some pretty good ones um Let's see, what was I going to say? One thing I liked about, um, I would say Chazelle in general is just his use of the camera. Like, 
he's been working with the same cinematographer the last four movies now, and they just seem to really do a good job together. Um, La La Land was a probably good example of like the use of the cinematography, um, and he's taken that definitely into this movie. Yeah, the great sequences like of the whole like Apollo Eleven launch sequence was awesome. Like part of one thing I was kind of wondering is like, so we had a pretty awesome takeoff in Apollo Thirteen. With, the, with, with that going to the, attempting to go to the moon. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they don't make it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you have, like, James Horner's music going. I mean, everyone's heard that score before the rocket taken off. And it's just like, all right, so maybe they're not going to try and top that sequence, but how are they at least going to match it? Because, I mean, that was a pretty epic takeoff. Um, as far as epic, epicness goes, I don't know if they outdid it or not but they definitely matched it for sure in their own kind of way yeah well the uh, the takeoff sequence you're talking about the one like at the very end when they're going to the space. very end yeah 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 that one i thought how they shot that was incredible because i mean it starts out with, like you know the the rumbling of the rockets and then they do like this huge just like flash across the entire screen like the entire screen goes white and then the rocket starts lifting up. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you, like... They, they also have this amazing shot where uh, it shows from far away just, like, the glow of the rockets behind, like, clouds. Which was... it was That was a really great shot. I really liked that. And, yeah, it, yeah the, the way they shot it was amazing. It looked so good. Yeah, I think... Um... One part I liked, too, as far as, like, shots went was when the uh, lunar module is hovering over the moon and they're trying to find a spot to land. Like, that whole sequence was cool. And that was one thing. I don't know if we touched on this or not. The uh, music score to this movie is amazing. Like, I think it's hands down one of my favorite scores that's come out all year. I was actually listening to it today, today while I was working. It's just a good score. Um... Yeah, uh, what's his name? Justin uh, Hurwitz is the guy that scored it. Good job to him. Yeah, anyway, so there's great sequence of the lunar module going over the moon you can the music is intense and they're running low on fuel but he's like you know trying to find a good spot to land so that they, you know they don't like yeah because and plus they're not sure if the service is they got an idea of the service is like but they don't know for sure like they don't know if they're gonna like land and then start sinking and the whole thing is gonna just be like you know fall into like quicksand essentially yeah they don't like, they have no idea yeah they don't know for sure and i did read that uh they either overshot where they're supposed to land, or the, the the space that they were supposed to land that was projected to be smooth wasn't like the rocks that they had to move were apparently like the size of trucks that they were, you know, that they obviously could not land in. And yeah, no, they something even okay. So this movie does a really good job of building suspense, even like when uh, the Apollo launches with uh neil and buzz aldrin you you still have the suspense like oh my god what if they don't make it even though you know or at least you, you should know that they do so i thought that was really good i mean like that just goes to show how well they were making the movie that even though i know that they make it to the moon and back i'm still like sitting in my at the edge of my seat just like oh my god like this is insane <laughs> 
Yeah, no, they did an excellent job with that. And, I mean, that's part, part of it is just, like, in the eight years leading up to it, just all the, you know, the deaths and sacrifices all these other people made. And, yeah, you know you know they're going to make it, but they do such a good job with the tension in, like, every moment. Like, oh, my gosh, something's going to happen? Is something, because, I mean, something could happen. What's going to go wrong here? Like, you, you, you're constantly wondering, like, is something going to go wrong? You know they make it, but you're still wondering all throughout. So, really good job there on the tension. Yeah, I think it was kind of cool. Like, um, they obviously they land. They kind of did a really good sequence of him taking that first step onto the moon. So he comes down the ladder, and he's still standing on the ladder for a little bit. And yes, yeah, it takes a moment for he finally puts his foot down on the moon's surface. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the, leading up to this film. There's like controversy about the flag planting, but the flag's in there. Maybe people were complaining that there wasn't this epic planting of the flag, but I don't know. I see. I heard. I heard that the any shot of the flag was not in there at all, which was total BS because it was there. They showed it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't really need that because you know that's you know that happened, and I guess. I don't know. I, I heard about that too, and I just didn't really get it. And then they showed it, so it's like I don't need this epic, you know, setting it down epically moment or nothing. Because what was kind of cool is after he stepped foot, he t- and took a couple steps out there. He just kind of just bam, takes this just big just look around everywhere and just takes it all in. And that was a really cool sequence of him just taking it all in. Yeah, and it was just that's like when they land on the moon and he's just looking through it. That's the point in the movie that it just felt like the most surreal, just with the uh, the score going, and it's just it's just like you sit in awe, like you're like oh, like I just couldn't comprehend like how that must have felt that you're just standing on the moon. Yeah, this is like two hours into the film, so and it, so by this time you're not thinking oh he arrived, you're thinking we did it. We arrived. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. No, and the movie gives you such good reasons to want to, like, follow along with that feeling that you just, like, they worked so hard. And that's something I'm really uh, happy that this movie has, because, like I said, I never thought about, like, what it took to get to the moon. I just have always grown up with, like, oh, yeah, we've we've been there. We've done that. And it kind of, like, as I'm watching it, kind of makes me feel, it made me feel a little guilty. I don't know why I felt guilty because i i mean i was just like thinking like we just take this for granted now and i was thinking about how like soon we're actually going to be seeing like the first essentially like leisure uh leisure trip to outer space from spacex and it just kind of makes you think that people just don't think about or don't like i think they just don't really remember slash know about all the sacrifices that it took for us to get to this point in history. So I think that that's what I appreciate most about this movie is it kind of shows you and reminds you like it wasn't just Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin up there. It shows you everybody that was leading up and like all the sacrifices that made it possible for us to do this. Yeah, and one thing I like that they touched on or like lack of touch on is it didn't get too heavily involved in political stuff as far as like trying to beat the Soviets there. There's a brief kind of moment there where they talk about, you know, like they're, you know, like they, some guys drawing on a chalkboard, like they've come this far, you know, like kind of drawing where satellites are around the earth. He's like, we need to go all the way over here. And he draws, you know, point the moon. So, but the, so there's a little bit of competition there, but they didn't like heavily rely, you know, talk yeah, they, about it over and over and over. Yeah. They mentioned like, 
I mean, the space race was still a thing. So they mention it a couple times in the movie, but they don't. That's not the focus of the movie. I will say during some of the uh, Gemini sequences, I just waiting for a Spectre ship to come along. You know, the Blofeld villain to come along and have his guys suck the, you know, yeah. <laughs> the American ship and then take it off. And then like, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've watched a little too much. You, you only live twice in my time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it was an incredible movie. And uh, I don't don't really know what else to say. I mean, like, it was just a great movie. What what do you think of some of the uh, actors? We haven't touched much on the actors on, were they, did you like any of them? Were they good? Well, I love Ryan Gosling. He's he's awesome. Should have poster of him on your wall. That's that's my no, not yet, but you know, it's in the mail. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's my hot take is Ryan Gosling, pretty good actor. <laughs> but um, you know, his uh the actress that played his wife was really good. And I did like all of like the friends that he has in NASA. I, I mean, um, the guy who played Ed. Yeah, Jason Clark. Yeah, Jason Clark. He, I thought he was really good in this. Kind of like his, his friend up until the point where, you know, he dies. But I really like the relationship that they had, and how they stuck it out. He got to stick it out with Neil Armstrong the longest. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I say, so to go off, bounce off you. Ryan Gosling did a great job with us. Neil Armstrong. Um, Claire Foy, she was good as Janet. She has some uh, really good moments in the movie. Uh, one of my favorites where she kind of stuck out is um, he's getting ready to leave to go to NASA, and she walks into his office when he's, you know, getting done packing. It's like, you need to go talk to the boys and tell them what's going on. Like you need to, you need to be the one to tell them that you might not be coming back. Like you, it needs to be you. I'm not gonna do it. It has to be you. You need to go talk to your boys. That was just a great moment right there. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a really powerful moment, and I really, uh, I did really like that too because you know I can understand like what he like he was just trying to. He's essentially just trying to leave, but because I mean, like, what do you say? How do you say that to your own kids? Like, hey, I might never come back. Like, it's just a hard conversation to have, and I can understand why you wouldn't want to have it. Yeah. But you don't leave it on the wife, either. No. <laughs> and Claire Foy, no, she did a good job. Um, I'm looking forward to, we actually saw a preview for this before First Man, I'm looking forward to seeing her in the uh, Girl in the Spider's Web. So, she's going to go from... Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that was Yeah, her. so she's going to be going from Jan Armstrong to kicking ass. Yeah, no, that'll <laughs> so, be cool. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her in that one. She was awesome, though. Um, yeah, all the supporting cast, I liked all of them as well. No complaints. I also like um, what they did with, you know, this didn't have, like, you know, this wasn't like a $200 million budget. This was only, like, $59 million budget, and they did, I thought, a great job with it. I mean, that's surprising just because, yeah, the special effects, like, for the la- the lunar landing, the, uh, the shots of, the, like, them on the moon and the shots of Earth in space, like, it was... Those look phenomenal. They, those don't look like they skimped out on those shots at all. No, not a bit. Um, trying to think here. I guess we can start wrapping this up. I mean, we've um, pretty much yeah given our overall thoughts, and I think both of us are pretty into this movie. Like, it's definitely worth checking out. And I would say it's don't wait to rent this. Go see it in theaters. It's definitely yeah. one you guys see in theaters. Yeah, you're gonna miss out if you don't see it in theaters. 
So, um, should we do some grades now before we get into trivia? Yeah. Any other closing thoughts before we do grades? Uh, you know what? No, I think I said my piece. Okay. Well, why don't you go first? All right. Well, I mean, I've really enjoyed this movie. Um, I learned a lot and I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, kind of invigorated or like reinvigorated, like my curiosity about space and it's just it was a phenomenal movie you know i would give this an a plus i enjoyed it a lot two and a half hour or two hours 15 minutes about and i didn't feel it at all i just think the pacing of it was great and i would recommend this to anybody who asked yeah so my other thoughts um yeah i loved it Med, med expectations um i don't know for whatever reason i feel like there's just something missing and I, it's hard to explain i don't know what so it's like i give it a solid a maybe um come like in the months to come when we see more stuff geared towards the war season it'll be turning an a plus also but for whatever reason i give it just yeah just a solid a but yeah great movie i mean everything was good from the cinematography the score was awesome the acting everything was solid and yeah definitely worth checking out on the big screen um yeah some really quick fun facts um so there's a sequence um before the apollo 11 launch where they're just having breakfast and this gentleman is sketching them and the guy sketching them is um chris um call uh, who is son of nasa artist paul call uh chris you know basically was playing his father who was actually the people the guy that sketched the original crew going on their mission in 1969 oh that's awesome oh pablo schrider plays james lovell who's the same astronaut tom hanks plays in apollo 13 i thought that was interesting so same character in both movies um this is kind of cool. This is a sequence in the movie that happens. Janet Armstrong did actually drive down to Mission Control after the cutoff. They cut her squeak, bo- squeak box, squawk box off during the Gemini mishap. This is brought to my attention and I found kind of interesting. At the end of Damien Chazelle movies, his two main characters have this moment where they look at each other but don't say a word. You see it in Whiplash at the end with Andrew and Fletcher. And then you see it again in La La Land and down in Zeb's bar between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. And then at the end of uh, First Man... There's a Neil and Janet moment where they're looking at each other through glass. He's still in the decontamination place. He's got to stay there for like a whole month. But anyway, they have this moment where she comes to visit and they look at each other silently through glass. It's not quite Captain Kirk and Spock. You know, you don't see the the um, Vulcan sign go up or nothing like that. But it's still a really cool moment between the characters. But yeah, I'll definitely be looking for that in the next um, Damien Chazelle film. Like just like, oh man, one of the two main actors gonna have our two main characters gonna have this moment together. All right, well that wraps up this episode on First Man. Daniel, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter with movies underscore brews, and you can hit us up there and let us know what movies you want us to cover next. And yeah, please uh, reach out to some friends, share the podcast, and we'll get the word out there together. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for more movies and brews. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.